It is Wednesday, the 12th of June. This is Two Guys, One Cup, and AFL podcast. My name is Charlie Clawson, and uh, it's bye week. So Will is uh, having uh, a few days off. I believe he's gone away with a few of the boys. Uh, to get his mind out of football, refreshing up mid-year. Um, so we're joined by Junk Times, Michael Chamberlain. Hello, Michael. Hello, Charlie, you bald-headed flog. <laughs> you bald-headed flog. I've been wanting to say that all my life. You flog. You're an absolute flog. Really, where's Will gone? Has he got like, a uh, radio, radio holiday something? No, no, no. He's just having a break from the podcast, which I think, I mean, I think he got in first. Uh, that, I that, would, that, all... that 45 minutes every week has finally got to him. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more the bulldog season, and I, uh, I, I this time of the year, especially for um, Saints and dog supporters, this is probably a, a fairly rare experience for you, Michael. But when you back for a team that is uh, perennially middle to low table, yeah, this time of the year, you, the fatigue starts to set in. You start to look forward to buy around a bit more than the players. I think it begins to drag now, doesn't it? If you're kind of not in the contest and you don't have a chance yes. of making the eight, it does begin to get. It becomes a very long season, doesn't it? And it's hard well, to because, keep. It's hard to keep interested. Well, okay. So tell me, from a Hawthorne perspective, <laughs> what is it like <laughs> slumming it with the rest of us? <laughs> well, I'm. I mean, I'm kind of. I'm not in exact spot as you. I think we're still only a win out of the eight. No, um, we're a win out of the eight as well. We're on the yeah, same, yeah, exactly yeah. the same amount of points. Well, there we go. Yeah, so you're not out of it either. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel know, like we're, this year I feel like we're isn't isn't that just a classic example of the glasses half full, the glasses oh, yeah, yeah. half empty? Yeah, yeah, we're going to make the finals. You're going to go bottom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you'll probably end up winning the flag this year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I'd I, I'd be pretty unhappy with our if we don't you know get to get to at least a prelim. I think um, <laughs> no, it's a thing of uh, we're we're kind of been thereabouts and we've coughed up. I reckon there are four games that we kind of not saying we would have won them, but there if we kind of pinched two of them, you know, then we'd be you know happily in the bottom half of the eight and looking pretty pretty sweet. So a few games have cost us a little bit early in the year, particularly the Bulldogs one actually when they came back from like you know. Five goals down or whatever, you know the umpires went crazy. Sicily, <laughs> Sicily waved at a fly and got a free kick against him. Now, like seriously though, is it a relief? I mean, you know, like Donald Trump says, you're going to get sick of winning. Are you just like so sick of winning that you know this is kind of a nice little vacation for you? You get to sort of see how the other see half how the lives? other half live. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't like the idea of vacation. I'm just hey mate, we're just looking, we're just focusing on the next silverware, as Clarko likes to say. Just like focusing on number fourteen because when they um when they talk about uh, getting those extra flags from the VFA into the um, mm. AFL and had that tally, we don't get any extra ones, so we have to we have to earn right. them fair and square. Where? Not like these uh, Geelongs out there and the Carlton's out there again. They're nine and six extra ones. Do you guys get an extra one? Uh, no, no. I think they actually take. Uh, they give us two extra wooden spoons. <laughs> <laughs> they found a couple extra spoons to give us. <laughs> I'm part of a uh, WhatsApp chat room um, that often fires up on the weekend when the football's going. Mm-hmm. And a uh, friend of what mine elite is company is in in that group, Charles? Oh, no one that anyone would know, but just friends of mine who follow football. Uh, mm-hmm. Your band, Love. your band, mate. Yeah, <laughs> sure. very few Hawthorne supporters in the group. It's more a shared misery kind of forum. Um, but there was a guy who is more of a kind of NRL guy. Grew up in Queensland, so he's sort of just catching up yep. to you know AFL trends and myths and legends, and so. He's been fascinated by Melbourne's story this year because he sort of was watching Melbourne last year and he thought they were really exciting. And then he's sort of seen them just tumble out. And so he started asking about like, you know, is Melbourne like the biggest loser team in the AFL? Mm-hmm. And I just, hold on one second. So I went to, <laughs> I went to uh, you know, that stats website that was at Footy Wire and I looked at, uh, you know, uh, most wooden spoons, most losses in a row, sent in the lit, the, yeah, sure. sent in the, the screen grab. And he was like, why do you do this to yourself? You've got Why? about you got about twenty something. Is that right? Twenty seven. Twenty seven wooden spoons. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. The 80s, winning at something. Oh man, the eighties is a real bad, a real bad period. I mean, I think Carlton must be making a, a, up a fair bit of ground in the last twenty years in, in that department, right? 
in terms of wooden spoons. Wooden spoons. How many of they would they have won in the last 20 years? I reckon three they would have three or four, and the first one that they got in this bad run was the first one they'd ever got. They'd never right. finished bottom. Yeah, I think Collingwood would have finished bottom just a handful of times, like only like two or three. I think the first time maybe they finished bottom was about 76, and then next year bounced back to get the um, to get to the grand final. But yeah, at the first time, because I remember there was a Carlton Collingwood game, I think, in that year when Carlton did win the first spoon, and mm. um, all the Collingwood fans were coming along with um, wooden spoons. Yeah, waving them that's at the right. Players. Yeah, which is always a lot of fun. When you come to go to a game, you've got to bring a prop. Well, as someone who's in close proximity to a Carlton supporter each week, how's Rosie going? Uh, look, he took a few Valium last night and some red wine. <laughs> 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 no, I think he's kind of he's kind of accepted at the minute, yeah. But I mean, for the last, I mean, we were talking about this in our pod on the on the weekend, you know, going, oh, who do you want to coach? And then we realised we we're like, we've been talking about that for like the last five weeks, you know, who who's the person who's going to take the job? And I don't, mm. I don't think really he has a a clear idea of who it, who it should be. I know Sam Mitchell's. Pulled oh, the out. board hasn't the board board hasn't called Rosie for his. They opinion. haven't got, got onto him. No, Matt LeBlanc hasn't given given a yell. Um, but. Uh, I think it was Sam Mitchell has pulled out of the Carlton, yeah. the Carlton and North Melbourne jobs, and so he doesn't want them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think he's just resigned to, you know, we're still going to be a bit shit for a bit longer. But, you yeah. know, I haven't said that. You know, someone like Cripps and those guys, Welsh, all those guys coming through, you know. But I haven't said that. We've been, we've been saying people have been coming through for a few years now, haven't we? Well, did you see any of the uh, Lions-Blues game on the weekend? I did, yeah. Cripps is, the, the, what are they lauding is maybe the greatest individual performance in the history of uh, it AFL. Was, it was amazing. He basically said, I'm going to win this. Roof open and everything. I'm going to win this. I watched the first quarter and was like, okay, this is all going to script. There's six yeah. goals up. No need to mm. watch it. And then found out the score afterwards. And the thing about, here's the thing about Patrick Cripps is I've been trying really, really hard not to like Patrick Cripps. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. it's all to do with just how he looks because he looks like the bad guy from an 80s film. Like he yeah. looks like he's the dude who's the leader of the Cobra Kai. Yeah, but the thing is, that. he seems like a really nice guy. He's really articulate. He's really well considered. He's so like mature for his age mm. and he's this excellent footballer. So as much as I've tried to fight it, another player like that, that I talked about last year is I used to hate Charlie Dixon based on nothing else but his face. Yeah. But then I've heard him speak as well and he's, and he's quite likeable. At least James Sicily looks like a douche, acts like a douche. Like, yeah, okay, easier, gotcha. to, easier to categorize. But no, nah, Cripsy, I've really come around on. I hear Darcy Moore speak and I go, I want to hang out with you. You seem like a really cool guy. He's got the, uh, what do you call it? Not the headband or the bandana, half bandana yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm what like, is yeah, that? I reckon you're cool. You've got to keep the hair back, man. We've discussed on this show is it's a very specific kind of headband in the AFL. Apart from um, Hunt from Melbourne, who's got like a traditional old school, like, uh, like a, a, a what do you call it? Like a, a terry cloth. Mm. <laughs> no, but it's like a, it's a cloth headband. But Reece Stanley and Darcy Moore, they have those little thin rubber headbands. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, where do you procure one of those headbands? Like... Is it specific? Do you go to an athletic store? Do you go to like chemist warehouse? Like where yeah. do you get that very specific headband? No, no, you go to Rebel Sport. You go to the um, headband uh, aisle, and <laughs> you, you pick up your best ones. Yeah, no, they've got they've got thousands of them there. Very all the different varieties. You go in um, and you ask for the David Strooper. I'm thinking way back, but like, you know, like those old school players. You know, I mean, they used to wear caps way back in the day, and eventually they stopped that. Yeah. But um. You know, back in like, uh, heck, Bruce Dool was the first player I can remember that had a headband. But I'm sure there were players mm. before him. But do you think old timers like uh, these kids these days running around with their headbands? And nowadays they've got their fancy headbands. And it's a, and well, a lot of them we keep got the man bun to keep the hair out of the um of the eyes. Well, this is a controversial subject on uh, two guys one cup because I don't believe that Reece Stanley needs a headband. I believe that Reece Stanley's headband is the most unnecessary headband in the AFL. Because he doesn't have long hair. Yeah, okay. Maybe it's just a comfort thing. People like things on their heads. Or is it a more of a fashion thing? He thinks it makes it, him look like David Beckham. Is That's what market, I think it is. A marketing thing, do you think? A marketing... I don't yeah. know if it's a marketing thing. I just think it's an aesthetics thing. Like, in the late 90s when Leonardo DiCaprio was sort of coming up, you know, he'd done yeah, Romeo sure. and Juliet, just before Titanic, yeah, and he yeah. had that floppy, boyish, teen idol hair, yep. and he often used to keep it back with a headband, which he then did. evolved into the David Beckham hair, yeah. and I think Reese Stanley is trying to make himself a heartthrob. That's my theory. Okay, well, okay. Well, they're two global heartthrobs, so he's probably on the right way. But Michael, my point being, he doesn't have enough hair to justify the headband. Okay, okay. Look, 
I know you're angry, Charlie, about your team, but you don't have to take it out on. <laughs> well, Mike Cal has sent us a couple of links. Firstly, um, we should point out that Carlton have won five wooden spoons since ah, 2000. Um, Mike has also sent me a link to a website called Grand Headbands. <laughs> it's an Australian <laughs> website. And really? is, that, is that like Grand Designs where a guy comes along to your headband factory and you kind of start the makings of it and then five months later he comes back and you show off the, the, the finished product of the headband and he critiques it? Well, just reading the website. So basically it's customized headbands for AFL. So it's exactly what I was asking. Headband news is the headline. Headbands in the AFL have an intriguing part to play and we'll look at some reasons why that's the case. This is a little article by Ed Band. Wait. Question, Mi- question, Michael. This is and this is the the writer is asking the question, not me. But wait, Why wait, wait, play- wait, very quickly. He's called Ed Band. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He's writing about headbands. Yeah, I didn't even pick that up. I think that might be a little sure, in joke pun, by yeah. by the grand headband. This is probably written by like this the this this one of the staffers at the at the head office. Sure. Why do AFL players wear headbands? This is mainly due to certain players looking for a solution that will keep their flowing locks out of the way during the intensity of the AFL. There's nothing more frustrating than your hair getting in the way while going for a mark, kicking for goal, or making a tackle. So the headband provided, the headband provides players with a small and cost-effective piece of equipment. Cost-effective? Does it cost a lot of money to tie your hair back or to get a yeah. haircut? Or get a haircut, yeah. I mean, ten- Trent Cotchin's been getting a $15 haircut for the last 10 years, clearly. I can point you, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who refuses to pay money for a haircut, so I can point to a number of places that are 10, 15 bucks. Now, they're going to look horrible. There's a place in the tunnel near Central Station in Sydney. You get a tunnel cut there. You go, it goes for about seven minutes. It's 10 bucks. It's the worst haircut you're ever going to get, but it's done. So I can direct people to that one. He continues, Ed Band, the history of the AFL headband. The headband in the AFL has a rich history with former legends of the game knowing for wearing them. Some of the more famous headband wearers in the AFL history include the likes of Bruce Dool from the mm-hmm. Carlton Blues, otherwise known as a flying doormat for his hairstyle, as well as Terry Wallace during his time at the Bulldogs. Oh, that's right. Dool opted for his team colours of navy blue and white during his career, while Wallace wore a more distinctive band with the Bulldogs colours red, white and blue. Yeah, I seem to remember Plows being a bit more of a plat job, wasn't it? Like it was a tricolour plat. It was, yeah, and I think that was more plough when he kind of was in his, um, yeah, I'm pretty good at nightclub kind of days. So he didn't have it in right. the early days, but he kind of when he got to footscray, he kind of let the hair go out, and he because plows were renowned for you know he didn't didn't mind putting on the leather pants on the weekend. And uh, yeah. he, actually, I got a story. There was a Dermot Burton book um, uh, about oh, 1990 called Hooked on Football, and it's just a whole bunch of different things. But he got mm. told a story about going to America on an end of season trip, and he saw plough on the other side of the bar. And so he said to the waiter, hey, can you send round um, a drink and say it's from Mel Gibson? Uh, and, you know, I've been a massive AFL fan all my life and, <laughs> and uh, you know, you're my favourite player. And, and so then the waiter went over and did that. And he said two seconds later, a player just comes running around the corner thinking Mel Gibson's going to be there and it's doomed. And he's like, oh, get fucked, I hate you. <laughs> Which is a great prank. Current AFL players. In recent times, the AFL headband is still a popular piece of equipment with some of the brightest stars wearing them around the league, such players as Jaden Hunt, Tom Stewart, of course, Ben Brown. Does Ben Brown still wear a headband? Uh, I can't he remember must. that he has, but he must have in the past, yeah. I mean, he's got so much hair, it's chances are he could be wearing one and you just can't see it because there's yeah, so true. much it just overflows. Uh, yeah. And Darcy Moore are prime examples. Jaden Hunt is arguably one of the fastest players in the AFL, says Ed Band. Now, now you're editorialising Ed Band. <laughs> And he currently plays for Melbourne, Melbourne, the Melbourne Demons. This just sounds like it was written as like a grade six essay on headbands. <laughs> is he, the Webster's Dictionary defines a headband as a piece of cloth that keeps the hair from falling in your eyes. Uh, he's a huge fan of the headband, and he was obviously disappointed when the AFL banned his colourful headband in 2017. Hunt is a dashing player and can play at both ends, forward line or defence, based on the Demons' needs. Wait. This is feels like real padding on it. This is a website, by the way, that sells headbands, and I'm I'm reading their entire splash page here. But you mean they banned banned him in 2017 from wearing a particular yeah? Do you want me to click on that link? Yeah, I'll click on that link. All right. Was it maybe too flashy or too? This is from the bulletin. Colorful headband given the boot by the AFL. This is by Chris Kavanagh, Herald of the Herald Sun, in the bulletin. Melbourne young gun Jaden Hunt is fighting for a hair raising battle with the AFL, which has stopped him from wearing a colorful headband. 
The 22-year-old demon sported a red, a blue, and white headband at training last week and was expected to wear it in a must-win clash against the Tigers. But the AFL establishment refused to allow Hunt the freedom of expression, saying all headbands had to be a single colour. Hunt oh. hit out at the decision, saying he wanted to bring a bit of flair back into the game like it used to have. He said that Terry Wallace, who wore a red, blue, and white headband when he played for Footscray in the 80s, was his inspiration. This is a quote <laughs> from Jeremy. Uh, Jaden, sorry. I got in contact with a machinist who makes these kind of things. All they had to do was find a bit of red, blue uh, material and put elastic through it, he said. Hunt said he hoped the AFL would one day change its current headband rules to make the game more interesting. He also had his own practical reasons for having quite a mop of hair. The thicker band also holds my hair in place a lot better than the thin ones, he said. AFL spokesman Patrick Keane said players were only able to wear headbands that were one colour, dark and unobtrusive during matches. Isn't that fascinating, buddy? AFL stuffy and old. Bloody hell, the fucking Gestapo there at AFL house, eh? Can't yell at umpires, now they're taking our headbands, Michael. It's not the bloody game I grew up with. Uh, So, Ed Band continues. Tom Stewart's another defender on the list of the headband wearers. He's a key player for Geelong at the moment. He's becoming a fan favourite in Geelong with his superb kicking skills that are the defence, a feature of his game. In just his second AFL season, Stewart's impressive form was rewarded with an All-Australian selection in 2018 and the AFLCA Young Player Award as well. That's a really ben fucking Brown, article, man. It is. I know. Ben Brown is a tall forward uh, for North Melbourne Kangaroos, as well known for possessing arguably one of the longest run-ups in AFL history! Exclamation mark. Okay, they, paid, they clearly paid Ed by the word for this. <laughs> Brown has given the Kangaroos a key forward target not seen in a very, 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 very... No, <laughs> <laughs> Not seen since Wayne Carey. He's already led the Kangaroos in goals scored from 2016-2018. He finished second in the Common Medal. Darcy Moore has enjoyed a tough start to his AFL career with a number of injury setbacks. But in 2019, he looks set to play his best footy for the Pies. Moore is a dashing halfback player with the ability to play tall forward if needed. At the moment, he's rocking a headband with his long, blonde, tinted hair. There was a... I, I do my Darcy Moore as a player. And there was a great moment on that Anzac Day battle when um, he's up against Joe Danaher and people made reference to kind of go, oh, this could be a, a, a battle that we see for a, a good decade, which is quite exciting, yeah. you know, that Djakovic carry yeah. kind of thing. Because we don't often yeah. get those battles anymore. You know, it's classic one full forward, full back kind of battles, well, yeah. I think you do with, like, Franklin and Rance. Hey, is, uh, Charlie, is, is, I've said what well. I said, okay? I've said what I said. <laughs> don't fucking contradict me. So, but, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't see many of them. Yeah, they are, they are no. around, yeah. But also they're chopping so, and changing on, off players all the time now. And, you know, they kick a goal, they go running off immediately. Yeah, I actually um, went to my only my second live AFL game on the weekend. I saw the Swans and West Coast at the SCG oh, yeah. and saw Buddy. Buddy played back into form. I actually took a mate of mine, um, uh, actually uh, Ian Meadows, who uh, you worked with his sister on, on a show, I believe. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know, Nez, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so obviously their whole family, big uh, Eagles fans, so um, I got him some tickets to go see the Eagles and the Swans. Yeah. Uh, really good seats uh, to watch his team get absolutely spanked and <laughs> see Buddy get played back into form. It was it was weird. It was one of those games where halfway through the second quarter, scores were even, and you felt like, oh, this is going to be a bit of an arm wrestle. Mm. And then Sydney just went ballistic to the point where, and this is something I've been harping on about all year, I've heard so many death notices for so many clubs, like so many clubs in a rebuild, so many eras are over, so many eras are done. And then you just, if you went into a coma for four weeks and came out of the coma, you'd think it was like a year later because suddenly it's (laughs) like, oh no, the Swans are back. Like it's uh, Damien Barrett, purple, is saying, is this the quickest rebuild in AFL history? Oh God. It's like, can we just let the season play out before we say it's the quickest rebuild in history? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's the thing about the AFL media. They, they have to comment on something every week, don't they? So, And they've got to try and make some noise as well. So they I'm not saying that they kind of will just say purposely stupid things, but they, they at least have to say something. Like if you have to uh, comment about, you know, the Swans every week, eventually you're just going to run out of things to say, aren't you? Like how, you yeah. can't just go, oh, they're a bit shit. Oh, they're a bit good. They're a bit shit. So four well, everything, weeks. what's the word for it where everything is like so final? Like people will yeah, say something, yeah. uh, they, they, they speak in absolutes. Yep, yep, it's yep. like someone is done, a coach is done, a team is done, or some team are locked for the finals. And it's like, just shut up. Like three weeks ago, everyone's like, Richmond's going to win it. Richmond's yeah. going to win it. They're going to get yeah, all yeah. their best players back. And now it's like, they've lost two games in a row. It's like, oh, they can't possibly win it. Absolutely. How yeah. about everyone, 
Let's just destroy all AFL media, including this podcast. Oh, why don't we just wait until the grand final? And then we go, well, they won it. <laughs> like, I think it was about three, four weeks ago. I can't remember what team it was. But they're like, tonight's an elimination final. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, but what if they win the next five? Like, they might lose tonight, but they could win that. I mean, heck, Richmond, what was that, 2015, 2014, I think? 2014, Richmond were When they were going to sack They were three Dimmer. and nine. They yeah. were three and nine and made the finals. So I can turn around yeah. very quickly. Well, Sydney didn't win a game. Was it last year or the year before? They didn't win a game for the first six rounds. They didn't. Yeah. And Hawthorne were the same yeah. as well. Was that last? No, two years ago. No, the Swans were 0-6 and, and then they made the finals. I think Hawthorne was 1-6 and six and we made the finals a few years ago, back in like 2010, I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's not impossible. I think the Swans might have been the first team ever to go from 0-6 to make the finals. Yeah, uh, but right. I, but I think they ended up getting kicked out in the first round anyway, so <laughs> fucking waste that was, hey? Losers. I, I mean, even <laughs> even, uh, even Adelaide, like the the yeah. death knell was rung early in the season for Adelaide, and I believed it. I was definitely one of those people. And then they beat GWS on the weekend. Mm. Did you see any of that game? I did, yeah, yeah. It was cool. I, I, I've been saying before on our pod, I actually want GWS to win it. Just by the yep. fact I think they're a good story, and also it'd be good for the game, Charlie. But also, yes, mate. If they won it, you know, three years ago, it'd have that thing hanging over, like, well, you got twenty draft picks, and you know, you had all the good players, but now those good players, a lot of them have left or gone different places. So I feel mm. like this is like an, this is an actual team as opposed to like yeah. just a, one that's been played well, together. Ha- they have an identity now, don't they? Like mm. they feel they don't feel like just a team of kind of like top twenty draft picks. You sort of get a feeling for who they are and, and the fact that so many of their guns have kind of re-signed, like there's a level of integrity to it. Yeah, for you know, sure. They've done basically the opposite of Gold Coast development. You know, everything about that club seems to be like rock solid. And yeah, if they can just start getting the rewards for it. Because my worry for GWS is that if they don't capitalize on this period of, you know, dominance or, you know, making finals and then yeah. – they get injuries or lose players and it's a decade later and they haven't done anything. They basically are starting from scratch again because yeah, they haven't sure. quite yet got the numbers or the foothold in. That takes a long time, you know, 20 years for Sydney to get a foothold in the market. Uh, not even that, man. Like, I mean, this woman's bottomed out, bottomed out for like three years. Like the drop-off would be enormous. Like, you know, even when they're not mm. going so flash now, like it's not like they're packing in 40,000 people. I went to I went to a Giants game last year. Have you been to the, um, yeah. the Beanstalk? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was great. really cool. Like, I really liked the stadium, and um, it was a really young crowd as well. Um, yeah. It was, like, noticeable, like a lot of teenagers and, you know, young adults who, I suppose, if you never had a team, this would be your first team, wouldn't it? So, um, yeah. But, yeah, that was really cool. And, I mean, Kelly resigned. He's got a cheeky little deal on that one. Um, I think the next big one is um, Coniglio, whether he is going to go. Um, and if you can... T- there are many Hawthorne fans out there who are talking the room who are going, nah, he's going to come to the Hawks, man. He's really good mates with Jaeger. So, yeah, that's going to get him over the line. Well, he's definitely playing the kind of football to drive his asking price up. Yeah, like, for sure. You know, for sure. Who, if, he does, if he does get a few clubs, and he will get a few clubs putting offers on the table, they're going to be huge. Like, you would say that in terms of just because Kelly's been in and out with injury, like, he would be their best player at the moment. Mm, he would mm. definitely be, you know. I'd be interested to know, do they have, like, a caller type situation where they're paying above the cap that other clubs have to deal with? I don't believe so. I know they took it off Sydney. And they may possibly have given it to the – kept it at the Giants by the fact that they go, well, they're, they're the new club and we need to, you know, yeah. really help them out. I know, I know they definitely took it from Sydney, um, you know, <laughs> as soon as they started dominating, people were like, oh, no, that's not fair. But at the same time, a few years ago, I remember they uh, – when they took Kohler away – they said that they would give rent assistance to players who were earning under the average wage. And at the time, the average wage was $260,000. <laughs> so if you were earning $259,000, you'd get a little $50 from the AFL to help out with your little, your little you know, one-bedroom in Newtown. <laughs> Which is a bit fucking rich. I mean, I was... Uh, I was... Because the SCG, they've lost so many games in the last two years. When I went... To, to the Eagles game because there's a Sunday afternoon game I think there's other footy on as well like rugby but it was packed 
and it was a real festival atmosphere outside the ground. Like I was oh, yeah. really surprised. I, I believe for a long time now, having you know lived in Sydney for the better part of ten years, that I think that those Swans fans have now become some of the most rusted on, yeah, diehard AFL fans going around because. It used to be, you know, in the day when you'd come up to Sydney and see a game, it was almost like an exhibition match. It was a bit of a novelty yeah, yeah. and yeah. people didn't really know the rules and just had a different feeling to seeing a game in Victoria or, or, or South Australia or WA, I imagine. But now, like, they're a rabid supporter group. Like, it's, it really feels like, um, you know, or not so, not the old, it has the feeling of the old days of suburban football when you had suburban grounds in terms of that kind of parochialism and when you go in there. Like, I think it would be a really intimidating thing because I found out after the game, I didn't realise, but West Coast haven't won at the SCG since 1999. Really? 20 years. That's unbelievable. Uh, I assume you're not, you've just frozen and you're not just stunned by that fact? No, can't you hear me? Can't Mike, how are you there? So Michael's I'm... frozen, right? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm commitment. Nah, I'm you working. Back in. He hung up on us. That son of a bitch. Hello. Yeah, man. Yeah. Are you calling? Are you trying to call us, or are you trying to call you? Oh, oh you did you call Michael? Are you there? What's going on? I don't know. It's still ringing. <laughs> <laughs> now I've lost you. Oh. Hang up. That oh fuck. <laughs> there we go. Okay. All right, great. I didn't freeze. I was well in my in my thing. I had frozen. Okay. Um. So why don't you just right, go well, from? Well, Mike, if it's funny, you can leave any of that stuff in, and I'll just pick it up from saying that West Coast haven't won there. Yeah, well, we can just include that, and then I can just do what my uh, reaction was. So you know, okay, um, yeah, right. we're still have one since nineteen ninety nine. Really, nineteen ninety nine? Yes, that's right. That's literally twenty years. I did not know that at all because they were very good for a long time as well. Yeah, oh, actually, definitely. the Swans were good. Oh, actually, when I say that, when they were in that period where they were really good, you know, in the early aughties, um, <laughs> they did play two great finals against the Swans. So I'm not going to say they're going to beat the Swans at the SCG every time. That's quite remarkable. No, well, it, it, it's, a, it's a real hoodoo ground for them. I didn't know this until after the game. But my point being that when you're there, and because it's such a, a tiny little ground and you see the way they ping it around and it's so fast and they have a forward who can kick goals from 80 metres out, it's a massive advantage on a ground that, that, that's that small. Yeah, and I actually sure. even said to Ian before the game started, I was like, I think if Buddy kicks six... Like, I've got a feeling about it that, you know, it's going to be all over. He kicked five, five, mm. two or something like that. But um, they look good, this one. I mean, this is the thing about no one knowing anything. The talk at the start of the year was they're these battle-weary soldiers, you know, Luke mm. Park. Luke Park is probably going to win their best and fairest again. Yeah, gotcha. You know, they, they actually looked like a really good side. And I have to say this because I know that Adam Spencer will be listening because he only listens to footy podcasts after a win. And uh, he organized the tickets for me and Ian. So I have to say a big uh, shout out to Adam Spencer. Thanks for looking after me. Oh, he's, um, like a, he's like an ambassador for the club or something, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, he was there with his daughter and I think he was more excited than she was to meet the Swans players. <laughs> yeah, gotcha, game. gotcha. Yeah, I mean, having said that, though, I mean, you, you, you do put Buddy into any team and they're going to look fantastic, aren't they? Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, like vintage Buddy, but that's yeah, the question buddy. mark around him. Hey, you've been, he's been there a long time in Sydney now. Have you mm. ever seen him out and about? Like, have you ever seen him walking no, down the street? No, but I or? had a mate send me a photo of him at a pub. <laughs> Does that count? Oh, okay. Yeah, that counts. Yeah. At the Royal, at the, at the, there's a pub in Double Bay that's quite popular with footballers. Okay. So, does um, he live, do you live around the Bondi kind of area or? Uh, I'd got, say so. Yeah, okay. I'd say all those Swans dudes would be eastern suburbs. Yeah, you'd figure. I mean, I'd think also all the GWS guys are eastern suburbs, to be honest. Dylan Shield, famously on this podcast, was my neighbour. Uh, and your neighbour for a, a, a period of time. He lived down the road. Oh, did he really? Was that Dylan Shield that you talked about? Yes. Oh, I did didn't realise talk- that. Oh, oh, oh well, yeah, because I think you kept on saying, you said to me before, like, you know, uh, have you seen him around? And I was like, I th- I th- maybe I heard a different name because I was like, oh, right. oh I'd recognise Dylan Shield. I can't say I recognise every member of the of the Giants list, but yeah, I would have recognised Dylan Shield if he was walking around. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. No, he used to. Uh, I used to stalk him. No, that's not true. But I used to see him, him and his uh, partner, I assume, walking their dog in the morning because I would take yep. my dog out. Yeah. So we'd see each other in the dog park. He was a smooth mover. Uh, um, you know, not not a hundred percent reliable by foot, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw him in the rooms after the game last year, and he's a um, he's a solid little unit. Like he's not the most you know enormous of people, but um, yeah, you wouldn't mm. run, wouldn't want to um, run into him. Well, this is the thing about AFL footballers. I think because they're all different shapes and sizes, you actually forget that they're all big. Like more often than not, like unless you are a uh, you know exceptionally small, like a Caleb Daniel or, yeah, or something sure. like that, or, or well, Libba or, or something. Well, I met Libba about a week ago or two weeks ago, maybe. And um, and you kind of you know look at him and you kind of see the way you, you know, well, heck, I'm half a foot taller than him, and yeah. you think and you go, holy shit, like it's incredible what he did, like it's remarkable, yeah, like he won the Brownlee one, he won the reserves best of first twice, and he won the under under 19s medal medal, and mm. and then it, you know we have little weird things where he kind of came back from a knee reconstruction after like about two months and stuff, and you kind of go, is that he? body type that helped him do that like he had yeah, yeah. basically a cage on his knee I but believe, is there something that helped him do that i agree i think the smaller you are the less injuries you get like the the like the less um surface area you have on your body yeah like look at brent harvey like he's still playing ammos there was a yeah. story on the weekend that uh i can't remember what team he plays for but they the, the game finished a draw and then two days later they changed the decision because there'd been a, a mucking uh, they'd mucked up one of the goal umpires had Sure. Uh, written. Oh no, the scoreboard had written down, had signaled a point when it was out of bounds, and then yeah, the yeah. goal umpire had gone off the scoreboard. Anyway, the point being, the photo was Brent Harvey, and he's still playing. I'm like, that dude is going to play into the grave. Well, he, I just can't he, ever see him stopping. I'm pretty certain it was the quote from him, but he said that you know, if a club showed a bit of interest in him in the mid-season draft, he was more than happy to nominate. Like, if they came <laughs> of course to him, he said, would. Yeah, and they, like, yeah, he's still fighting fit. We saw him go down the slide the other day. He's still fighting fit. Um, but uh, that actually happened in a game of mine years ago. Um, the scoreboard being wrong, and so yeah. we were playing like the top team. It was this massive game, and uh, it was so serious in the game that um, I remember at halftime the trainer brought in um, um, snakes, like lolly snakes, to give us that bit <laughs> of energy. Half time, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah oh, right. that's different. And um, so this was when I was about twenty-two or so. Big game, and um, it was a draw, and we're like, ah, oh, we nearly got there. Like it was so close. And then they realised the scoreboard had mucked up, and so they umpires conferred the score, and then we won by point, and we <laughs> fucking went crazy, crazy. It'd be a horrible way to lose a game, but yeah, but like the whisper went round, like one of our guys was a goal umpire, and he came up to the group and he's like, "I'm not sure if the score's right." And then our captain had been doing the scores, he'd got it wrong, and we just went fucking nuts. It was so cool. I mean, and then we fucking uh, stuck it in and we fucking banged on the wall. We fucking we shouted at them. We fucking smashed their cars. And said, Get out of here, losers. Uh, that's the kind of thing that I'm surprised didn't happen to St Kilda in 2010. <laughs> like, it's that. a draw, and then they stop and they say, Oh, no, actually, it's not a draw. You lost. <laughs> yeah. But like a weird antiquated rule, too, that hasn't yeah. been used since like 1915. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, no. Too many. Yeah. Too many people, too many studs on your boot. Therefore, you deducted one point. What's your vibe on the um, studs up rule? A roaring success, according to some. Ruining the game, according to others. Well, I mean, good on Toby Green for getting a rule named after him. I think that's a badge of honour. Surely, surely yep. that goes on his records at the end of like his career. So he, he does the lap yeah. of the um, lap of the boundary, the grand final, and they're like, yeah. you know, two best. It also goes. sounds like the name of a porno too, doesn't it? Studs up. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Get ready for some action. It studs up this weekend. Yeah, but you're, only, you're not allowed to put studs in the face, okay? <laughs> That's the main rule. Yeah, it's a bit weird. I think, I don't, I, don't, I mean, there's no, I mean, Toby, Toby is clearly doing it in an attempt to decapitate the opponent, which is completely fair. That's fine. But um, yeah. I can't believe Jeremy Howe was doing it to get any kind of advantage or anything. It was just, you know, probably had to reach a bit further to get a ride than he normally would. He kind of jumped a bit early. But yeah, it's, well, I think it's, it's, it's a bit odd. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you bring in the feel for the game. Like, mm. if you feel uh, the Toby Green felt like he was, you know, pushing the boundaries of what was yeah. acceptable with what he did. With the Jeremy Howe thing, felt like he maybe had misjudged the space between him and his opponent. Yeah, had put his boot out, and by the time you know he'd fully extended his legs, his studs were up. I don't think it should be a thing of like one size fits all. I think you got to, you know, play it on it. I mean, in a game where. This year, more than any other, I cannot 
make head nor tail of holding the ball. Yeah. Like I, can't, I do not understand what that rule means. Like, so he makes an attempt, but it's like okay, but if he makes an attempt and still disposes of it incorrectly, isn't that incorrect disposable? Isn't that a free kick? You yeah. know the one I'm talking about where you see someone get tackled and they get tackled so well they don't even bring their boot up to ming mm-hmm. the ball, but they've dropped it from their hands and the umpire calls that as an intent to kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, no, it's bullshit. But I do love the That's fact why that, um, I go to the football and yell at umpires, Michael. I, yeah, yeah, you flog. Yeah, I do love the idea, though, that um, uh, kind of the way the AFL can talk their way into ticking off on a free kick. So they're yeah. like, oh, no, no, no. It's surprisingly common, isn't it, Charles, how often they come out in support of the people. I mean, I mean I'm not saying, you know, shit on the umpires, but it's like, come on, guys. Like, that's clearly wrong. Um, and don't come out and say it was right. Or we'll call them bald-headed vlogs. <laughs> now, uh, Will has been part of, you know, seeing the Bulldogs aren't traveling that well. One of the the few joys Will has been extracting from this season is the disaster that's been the Demons uh, season. Yep. Where yep. do you sit on the, uh, the the Demons? Do you do you find them, did you find them maybe get a bit full of themselves? Did you think that maybe they'd been drinking their own bathwater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they were exciting though, weren't they? Like last year, I feel like they played yeah. us in the in the second week of the finals and they were the ones that bumped us out. And that was this huge movement, wasn't it? And they hadn't been there for yeah. so long and, you know, they won two and then they got smashed in Perth, which was hilarious. Um, I don't really have much of a dislike for the Demons. I probably did a long time ago, back about 20 years ago, but because mm. they kind of haven't been that kind of much of a rival of late, you kind of can't really find the anger in your heart. Um but, um, I think what I think for most people, I mean, I I've always had a dislike for Melbourne, but it's based on completely irrational history that would make sense to no one else but me, and it's very specific. But I think it was that era, that Tom Bug, Jack Watts era of Melbourne, when they were just starting to come up. Cameron Oliver, uh, Clayton Oliver, like slat, you know, um, uh, who's sledging that cricketer, like. There was just a few incidents oh, right. that, I, that I think just got – that all happened around about the same year. And I think it just got in seeped into our subconscious that these are a bunch of young upstarts. Because yeah, yeah. the thing about Melbourne is if I look at them individually, like I like Jack Viney and I like Clayton Oliver as footballers and love Max Gorn. I think he's great. Yeah. Like Individually, I like all of them. But as a collective, as I a fucking group. can't stand them. Yeah, there's really? something very – yeah, although this season – Will is still like enjoying every stumble and fuck up, whereas I'm actually starting to feel a bit bad now. I'm starting to feel like, oh, come on, stop beating him. He's already dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do feel bad for those demon supporters, I, you know, and I can 100% like uh, identify. I know exactly what it's like. But um, I did watch the Queen's birthday game and felt mm. like there are the top three or four teams. Like you look at Geelong on the Friday night and then you see Collingwood on the Monday. The teams that are by far and away the better teams, they're streets ahead of, you know, say, the ladder position five and six and down. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, at this stage. And, and, Melbourne, and, and Melbourne just aren't anywhere anywhere near that. I mean, I, don't, I, didn't see, I didn't see anything different about Melbourne's game considering how many really good young players they have that makes them that much better than the Saints, really. I think the Saints don't have as many stars, but maybe we've got more role players but ultimately it doesn't matter because all all of us are just middle of the road teams and no one yeah. is going to really get close to Geelong or Collingwood or GWS this year even West yeah. Coast who I've been boosting all year and you know thinking that that home ground advantage they looked kind of ordinary against the Swans like disinterested Jeremy mm. McGovern at one stage and I love Jeremy McGovern um, but at one stage you know the, in a hot contest Balls come into the uh, his back line, and he goes to defend it. And rather than pick the ball up, take a player on, he literally just like sticks a boot out, and just just like kicks it off the ground. Like it was the most like uh, relaxed attack on the ball, considering that they were you know, three or four goals down and for under me, pressure. That, for me, that moment was um, that moment was the end of the Eagles season. Charlie, I had to call it then. I had to call it then. Say the, the Eagles can't win it if Jeremy Governor's doing stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, it'd be hard to get up after winning a premiership, though, wouldn't it? Like, uh, yeah. Well, I think it depends. Like, <clears throat> I think if it's a surprise premiership like the Bulldogs, maybe because you know it, it feels like with them there were so many. Who knew what the perfect equation of circumstances were for them to get up for that seven-week mm-hmm. run that they had? You know, like. Yep. 
Whereas if you're a, a team that's a bit more common, like a Hawthorne or whatever, like you've got some very definite systems and structures in place. And, you know, like I feel like Clarko kind of yeah. knows how to win a flag. The Hawks, we find it difficult to get up when we don't win a premiership. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so did you see any of the uh, MND um, sliders? I did. I watched that. They've turned it into a one-hour TV show now. Going on the old I days, know. and I'm just standing down. But I was watching it with my nephew, and I was like, "Oh, this would be like 20 minutes or so." And it was like an hour later, we're like, "Oh, wow!" Uh, but it's a, you, it's a. You know what they've done? They've taken back in the old days when the Footy Show would have the gala episode, and the players yeah, would yeah. come out mm-hmm. and lip sync to the Spice Girls or something yep. like that. Yeah, that's Roden would come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, do you remember that year where it was Jason Dunstall? Shit, did Tony Woods play for Hawthorne? Yeah. Tony Woods, Daniel Harford, Shane Crawford, and Jason Dunstall, and they did like awesome. a hip hop dance. Awesome. They were wearing like baggy mustard pants. And I like, love every moment of this. <laughs> and it was like, I can't remember, it was like to Bell Biv DeVoe or something. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like I'm sure Tony Bartuccio was around there somewhere. Yeah. 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 So no, I feel, I feel yeah. like. I feel like the slide is, it has a bit of that. I mean, especially when you saw what Revolt did. It's like, oh, you know, because yeah. most of them just come out in costume, but he decided to do a bit of a performance. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Who do you reckon, what would you dress up as, do you reckon, if you had to go down the slide? If they said next year, Charlie Clawson, if they did a podcast edition of uh, M&D, the big slide, so they got all the big, all the big podcasters from around the world, and you had to go down yeah. that slide, who would you dress up as? Um, I would dress up as... Uh, <sighs> Uh, who would I dress up as? That's a good question. Um, okay, I guess I would have to go um, as uh, Elle McPherson <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. St Kilda Guernsey. Yeah, sure. One of the when she posters uh, number one ticket holder, number one ticket holder posters. I'd have to get Damien. I'd get David Grant and Damien Kitschke out of retirement, <laughs> yeah. and they could walk me up to the top of the ramp. And I'd hold the football and I'd have my <laughs> L wig on, and they'd have to kiss me on the cheek like they did for yep. the photo op, and Perfect. then I get pushed down the slide. I, you know those uh, kind of, uh, I don't know what you call them, but it's, I suppose uh, um, you, you get like a, a different, bun- you get bodies, like you can kind of puppet bodies. So if you mm. move your right arm, the, the puppets move their right arm as well. I'm going to mm. get three of them and put them next to me. And so I'm going to go as Daniel Harford, Jason Dunstall, Shane Crawford <laughs> and Tony Woods in the mustard pants. And they're going to come out <laughs> hip hop dancing and then yeah. go down the slide. It'd be tricky. Uh, Rui won that though, didn't he? The dress ups. Yeah, he was BOG on the day. Yeah, yeah. I wonder who that they do next the year. Like, what kind of people they do next year? Because last year they had the uh, last year had the coaches, and I think the year before that they kind of had media people. So yeah. I think they're all radio people. I think. So yeah, Nick, ne- next year they got to work out um, AFL CEOs or something. Maybe uh, AFL podcasters. Well, yeah, that's the thing. That's what I just fucking said before, idiot. Did um, you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> CEOs or Pie Boys. Get the Pie Boys going down the float. Well, I didn't realise that they actually categorised it in terms of like the football periphery. Isn't it always just a mix? Well, last year was coaches and I did, they did like... Just coaches? Type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had all, all Asian yeah, right. coaches. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they talked about when, it. I think it was... That's when Bevo had to show how young he was by jo- doing a drop knee down the slide. That's right, he down, yeah. Well, I mean, um, I think Pendles put his hand up to do it this year. He wanted to do it before the game. And they were like... What? Oh. Yeah, yeah, he put his hand up. And Bucks, I think, said... um. He said, you know, if it doesn't affect his preparation, then, yeah, he's welcome to. Um, but I don't think it kind of got through in the end. But what do we have to do? Can you, have to, you, you have, imagine, You have to go first. You have to go first. You Can you imagine, though, Pendles goes down and then, just like Chris Fagan, gets out of the pool, slips, oh, yeah, does his fucking, fucking hip, hell. can't play. Like, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine the furor? There's no way you'd let your captain do that. Yeah, I think Pendles will just go down these tracks because I'm not sure if he's known for his sense of humour. I don't know if he's going to rock, rock around in a, in a Freddie Mercury outfit. Well, Cyril went down just in his work clothes, right? He, he went just, down his high vis. Well, he said he just got what out, got something out of the cupboard. It was like, uh, mate, did you did you all get the fucking memo that yeah. dressed up? It's like the dude who dresses up for Halloween by just putting a like a name tag on that says, "Hi, my name is God." Ah, uh, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think Cyril um Cyril does what Cyril wants. I think. Cyril looks like he's enjoying retirement. Like I think so. before, before the before the they start they let everyone in and he's just in the stands. Did you see that footage? It's him saying hi to like Sam Mitchell and a few Don't other dudes. I think I did. No. And uh, I was like, who's that homeless guy that they let just yeah, like sure, stand sure. on the boundary line? I mean, it's been about a year now, and he doesn't look like he's blown out that much. 
Like, yeah, he doesn't I mean, it's like hard he's... to tell. He's wearing a lot of clothes. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't in Melbourne last year when he retired, um, but I remember on the day and a friend talking to me and he said, he said, if you've come from overseas today and you landed in Melbourne, you would have thought that a former Prime Minister had died. Like when you got the Herald Sun that day and there were like eight pages on Cyril and you'd be like, it's some American going, you know, oh, wow, you know, he must have done a great thing for the country or whatever. How long was he PM for? But he said it was that, that massive a story. Yeah, well, he was... Uh it was an ornament to the game. I mean, that's the thing is you wonder now. I mean, uh, Hawthorne, they're gonna, probably going to lose like rough head at the end of the year, right? Yeah. And yeah, Captain's Ben Stratton. Mm. Who are your who, – like, who's your most marketable? Who's your franchise player? Is it Jaeger? Uh, probably, yeah. I noticed this year Sicily was on the membership card. Um, that's usually a bit of a sign of what they're pushing. Yeah, but – It may not have been on everything, but he's on my mind at least. Maybe they picked yeah. him out. But no, he's not... He, well, he's not loved. Like, Cyril was loved by any, everybody, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and Sicily's loved by Hawthorne people. Who's our next man? And Hodgie was, Hodgie was loved by everyone as well. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, Jager's probably the most marketable at the minute, yeah. Um, Does uh, he do your press? Uh, I don't think he really gets into it I don't think I've ever heard deal. him talk. Yeah, I don't think he really gets into it a great deal. Um, and they push Burgoyne out quite a bit as well. Um, oh, yeah. To talk, yeah. Shit, how old's he now? Like, 40? Uh, 30, 36 <laughs> or something. Um, I think he might possibly want to go around again next year. But yeah, it definitely yeah. looks like Ruffy will hang it up, hey? I do hope he gets like a farewell game. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd think so. Wouldn't so you? I can boo him I mean, off. I, I guess you've got to work out if you guys are going to make finals or not. I mean, There's that thing Clarko too, yeah. is not really sentimental when it comes to... Uh, uh, aging stars, is he? Yeah, yeah. Well, he he kicked five in his first game of the twos, and then I, from what I was hearing the other day, they've been playing him, you know, forward and back and around a few different places in the two. So it's not like mm. they're just putting him in the goal square and trying to get him to get a bag of eight or anything. It's weird when you have, like, at the moment at St Kilda, David Armitage, he has kind of been uh, usurped by younger midfielders, yeah, and yeah. so he's just running around in the twos and... Mm. On the surface, it looks like, well, this is just a backup. Like, we just need another inside midfielder. Um, but the club won't say that, of course. Oh, no, we have plans for David or whatever. But I do wonder, you must know. Like, he's 30-something. Yeah. You yeah. must know you've been put out to pasture. And so it's like, well, what do you – you're still on the same pay grade, but you're not getting into the games. Do you lose any of that kind of camaraderie with the guys? Are you getting closer with the, with the second guys? I wonder what's going on. Yeah, yeah, no, it'd be very difficult, and just like kind of going out and playing in a different jumper, and yeah, and yeah. I don't think you you would know the people as well, and yeah, just be kind of a bit. Oh, this is my life now, and I suppose you kind of do think you can't go. Well, I want to pull the pin because you go. Well, I can still pocket a few hundred grand before the end of the year, <laughs> or get a coaching role. That's the way you got to do it. Is you got to sideline yeah. into like yeah. a, a midfield role or something like that. Um, all right, Mike, how can you bring up the games this week? It'll be a shorter episode today. It's by round, not, a lot, not that much to talk about. Oh, just one thing before we get to that is uh, Eddie Betts. We need to talk oh, about yeah. that, Eddie Betts, that Eddie Betts goal. Yeah, that was cool. Just any time I say Eddie near the boundary, you just go, put it yeah. through, mate. Yeah. Yeah. And he does. And that's the yeah. crazy thing. He <laughs> does it so regularly. Like, it's, it's so reliable. I mean, to me, I feel like I haven't seen a better goal this year than that one. Just in terms of like difficulty, the mm. showmanship, the yep. fact that it's Eddie. You know, he's played his three hundred this year, and also in Adelaide too. That makes a huge yeah. difference as well. That they can get you know the fifty thousand people going nuts. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I mean, Carlton made the right choice, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Him and Josh Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, first game is on Thursday. It's the Crows taking on Richmond at Adelaide Oval. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, wounded Tigers now, you'd have to say, wouldn't you? A lot of the gloss has gone off their season after two comprehensive thumpings. It has. The I mean, Cats even, one was very surprising. but There was even a thing the other day, and people were talking about the Essendon era of two thousand of 99 to 2001 when they made two grand finals and only won one flag, and there was 99 prelim, of course, which they... You figure they would have won that flag for sure, but um, uh, but they're already comparing Richmond to this to that Essendon thing. Gonna will they if they don't do anything this year? Have they have they missed the boat in terms of dominating? Because I suppose, I mean, Richmond had a bit of that Essendon ninety nine prelim about them, didn't they? In terms of last year, yeah. like you thought, 100%. how far Richmond in the grand final, and then um, Collingwood came out and smashed them. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, 
<laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adelaide should win this easily, but that makes me think that there's something that the Tigers might just do something and shock us all. Uh, I, I'm not convinced by Adelaide, and I think it's just because I have a dislike for them. <laughs> and, yeah, and I sure. don't, I didn't have a dislike for them two years ago, but is it? It's since the twenty, since the 2017 Grand Final. I've been quite enjoying the, the shambles that that club has become, but they seem to have got their shit together. I'm going to pick Adelaide in that game. I'm going to go Adelaide as well. On Friday, the Bombers take on Hawthorne at Marvel Stadium. Sheesh. I think it's our first Friday night game for the year, actually. I actually think, too, this round, let me just double-check, is one of the closest in terms of ladder position of competing teams. Yeah, I had a look earlier, and I think it was like each game kind of had a bit of something going. Yeah, so uh, Richmond versus Adelaide is 5th versus 7th. Uh, Essendon versus Hawks is 10th versus 11th. I mean, 10th versus 11th. This is, this is an elimination final, uh, Charlie. It's an elimina- <laughs> elimination final. I mean, uh, what, was, what year did you play them in the grand final? 84-85. So finally, a chance to avenge. For redemption, yeah. 83. I do love that. I do love that when they kind of, they have the grand final and then like, you know, the the two teams play off again in round 10 and one, they call it a grand final replay. It's like, no, it's not a replay. It's a rematch. But then like the losing team will win and they're like, oh, redemption. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. they'd give up everything just to get that round 10 win the year after. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Uh, I need you to guide me. Do you reckon you guys can beat uh, Essendon? Been fairly decimated by injuries as well. No, um, Devon Smith. No, Danaher for the rest of the year. Is That's a name? massive Devon one, isn't it? What's his name? I said Devon Smith. That's not his name. What, uh, De- Devon. What's his name? Devon Smith. Yeah, Devon. Devon is the guy who gets <laughs> yeah. the table. It's in the Dudley Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Devin Smith yeah, is the sure. uh, is is the Duke of Dudleyville. Yeah, sure, sure. Anyway, yeah, so we got um uh, the million dollar man, uh, Ricky Henderson. <laughs> um, yeah, that, yeah. So I, I'll go Hawks, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was the Dons. Uh, I'll pick the Hawks. Is no, punch on afterwards well. those Essendon fans. Yeah, line in the sand, mate. Line in the sand. Line in the sand, mate. Uh, in the golden time slot of one forty-five on Saturday afternoon, traditional Gold Coast time. Gold Coast Suns host the Saints uh, up at Townsville. Uh, was, um, Mike, Mike, how what's that stadium called again? RS Riverview Riverdale Ron Simpson Stadium or something like that. Anyway, they're playing up, up in. Oh, no, Cairns. Is it Cairns or Townsville? Somewhere far north Queensland. Earlier. Yeah, Riverway. You should Riverway. go up, man. Be a pleasant time. Uh yeah nah <laughs> too far too far I think it's um, Townsville Townsville or Cairns have the big bucket so the big well, bucket this, is a play equipment that kind of fills up with water and then the bucket tips over so everybody runs well up uh, it's good I well uh, we'll need a big bucket because I believe our, a lot of our players are coming back from China with diarrhea <laughs> so oh, yeah, sure, we'll sure, sure. need somewhere to clean it up um. Gold Coast have not been that bad this year, but it looks like they're running out of steam. But I don't know about the Saints. I sort of feel like we the injuries have finally caught up with us as well. We've debuted a lot of young players this year, and it's at that sort of halfway mark and all the travel and stuff. I'm going to pick the Saints because they're my team, but I don't say that with any confidence. Yeah, sure. I'm going to go with the Saints just by the fact that they... They they want to make amends, Charles. They want to make amends after Shanghai. You know, they yeah, they let down the Shanghai surprise. Yeah, a number of people got sent off to an internment camp as punishment. Uh, they want to, yeah, they want to make amends for for embarrassing Australia uh, yeah. in the face of China. Okay, Frio take on Port at Optus Stadium. Uh, Port riding high on their Shanghai victory. Yeah. <laughs> The opposite I, story to the Saints, travelling all the way. I mean, that, that's a fair bit of air travel. Although, I don't know, is it one of those things where Shanghai is closer to Perth than it is to the east, east eastern states? I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Frio, though, just by the fact that um, I think in in Shanghai, Port Powell, they played their grand final, I think, Yeah. in Shanghai. <laughs> I think they played their grand final, and it's going to be very difficult to back up again after them. Yeah. After impressing so many of the Chinese. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's going to so be far, very difficult to get up again. So far from their spiritual home, uh, it'd be hard to see. 
okay, the Blues. Resurgent Blues, Michael, on a roll. Can they make yeah. it two in a row against the Western Bulldogs? Now, Carlton have already beaten the Bulldogs this year. Mm-hmm. The Bulldogs have succumbed to Carlton and Gold Coast and someone else who's terrible. I can't remember who. Uh, so they are a big chance to to win this. This is 18th versus 15th. Oh, sorry. By the way, the Dockers versus Port was 9th versus 8th. This is 18th versus 15th. So again, you know, within three ladder positions, very tight round. Oh, f- ah, there you go. You, sorry. Oh, I lost you go, it for a bit. Back. All right. Uh, yeah, so it's. I was just saying that it's... <laughs> did you hear my recap of the ladder no, positions? No, so uh, you cut so out Frio, when... Frio Port is 9th versus 8th, and Carlton and the Bulldogs is 18th versus 15th. So tight round of football. Who will mm-hmm. win this game? Carlton Foots, and the Bulldogs. Graham, Bulldogs. Um, heck, I'm going to go with the Blues Bulldogs. Again. They're flying. They're flying. They got that T... David Teague has got them right. I think the fact... That Will has not fronted up to the podcast today tells me he has no confidence in the Bulldogs. Yeah, gotcha. And therefore, I have no confidence in the Bulldogs. I'm going to tip Carlton as well. What what do you think happens if David T goes through and wins, you know, well, I won't say wins 10 games, but if he wins seven of them? Like, he's probably putting himself in a good spot to get get the job. I'd say it would depend on his relationship with the players. I think they will have a large say in this. I think it yeah. could be a similar situation to um, Terry Wallace-Sydney when you know oh, yeah. uh, Rodney Egg was going to get moved on. Terry Wallace thought he had the job in the bag, but then there was a mini-players revolt saying, yeah. we want to hang on to Paul Roos. I think that's what will dictate who the next coach will be. There were famous scenes at the uh, ANZ Stadium, and I think it was Paul Kelly was doing his lap of honour for his final game at the end of the mm-hmm. game, and um, and then the whole team all jumped around Paul Ruse. So they're going, Ruse, Ruse, and that was kind of the sign that, uh-oh, we probably made a mistake in signing Terry Wallace, so we better um <laughs> get rid of him and bring in Paul. Do you know what um, Plough said when he found out that he didn't have the job? <laughs> <laughs> he, was in the, uh, he was in the tan bed at the time. Yeah. Oh, spew up! <laughs> he had to take his headband off first. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Plough has ever actually admitted that they they had him kind of signed and sealed, but I think he kind of walks right up to the line. and then um, Yeah, no. Kind of I think it's, uh, it's a bit like the Richard Gere rumour, right? Like, no one's actually come out and confirmed it, but you, you know it's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the last game of the round is probably the biggest disparity. It's uh, the Kangaroos hosting the Giants, 12th v. a third. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting game. Giants stung after last week's loss, uh, coming over to Melbourne to face a resurgent North Melbourne. I mean, hasn't Reese Shaw done wonders? He's done a fantastic, and he, and it's one of the few times this year where a brother will coach against their brother on the field playing. Yeah, yes, yes, and it's also great to see that uh, someone who was uh, the villain in every '90s movie ever yeah. is now a senior coach. <laughs> Isn't that kind of weird? Like, you never really thought about Reese, um, I suppose say Reese Jones. About to say Reese Shaw as a coaching kind of figure, would you? Like, uh, I mean, he, if Heath Rat showed pack, up mate. and was a, a coach tomorrow, you'd be like, get out of here, you know, member of the, the Brat Pack. But, uh, yeah. you know, you didn't really think of Reese as being that kind of, uh, that leadership role. But he's definitely, mm. well, he's only been doing it for a few years now, so he must be doing something right. Well, Michael, um, from what I understand from all the media reports, he, uh, he's a bit of a card. Uh, very oh. unique in his point of view. <laughs> is he truly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he's keeps doing well, a, and I think keeps a nice, uh, a nice shaved head. He does that very well. Well, I think the secret to this is that um, there were some plumbing issues at Arden Street all year, and then Reese uh, went in to the basement. He got out his spanner, he loosened up the pipes, and he pumped the club full of a bit of shin bone of spirit, Michael. Oh, yeah. It's you. flowing through Arden Street now. Oh. Those players are rolling high on some shin bone of spirit. Ah, oh, I fucking hate that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's like David King. He was all about the shin, shin bone of st- uh, spirit. But he talked about... Um, uh, he talked about how there was a, uh, a visitor at Arden Street when he was doing his campaign against um, Brad Scott. He's talking about a visitor. He's like... Mate, I've been there 10 years. Like, if I had a fucking visitor for 10 years, I think it's safe to say they fucking live there, all right? <laughs> it's like for fucking Julian Assange. It was, you know, there longer. 
All right, great political note to go out on. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> yeah, free, free Julian. <laughs> uh, uh, taking the attacking the shinbone of spirit by wondering why Julian Assange is in custody. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! You read between the lines. You know what the government's doing, man. I've seen this, I've seen this in YouTube Luke, links you can watch. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter if you want to send us a message. Uh, we'll get to our mailbag eventually one day. Uh, we'll hopefully have Will back next week. Maybe I'll take another buy. I mean, I haven't had a break this year. Maybe it's time for me to freshen up before finals. Yeah, I'll, get man, my, I'll get into my yeah. my loadings later in the yeah. year. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, you don't want to do more than one hour of work a week. It's, uh, <laughs> it's fucking hard work, isn't it? Uh, have you got anything to promote? Oh, your, uh, your TV show, The Beep Test. Yeah, check out the beep test on Sundays on Fox Footy. We are having a, back, a break for about four weeks, but again, we're back with another ten episodes uh, towards the well, probably in about a month. Yeah, check it out. Well, you, uh, I should uh, let people know you <laughs> sent you sent me you sent me a text about three weeks ago saying, um, "Do I know anything about Stephen Baker because he was going to be a guest?" Uh, He's going to be a guest. And then, yeah. and then you uh, texted me about a, a day later saying you'd done your research and uh, you found it quite fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I really like it because I, 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 when they get the guests, I go do deep dive on the internet and find out all the kind of facts about them and, and find the funny clips and stuff like that. You know, we had Paul Ruiz last week and I found a clip from like a, um, that was the season that was from 1994 or something and it had a shot of him posing in the Men for All Seasons calendar. Remember those? Oh, things? no. So I go, I go looking for all those things. But I went deep dive on Stevie Baker. The great thing was that he did, um, I mean, he may still come on, um, but he, um, uh, that he ran a kids' entertainment party with a company with um, Stevie Milne. So That's right. I, t- I, I, I told you that. You did tell me that. And I kind of looked further at Saintly Entertainment. And so him and Milne would right. show up to your party and they'd bring a cake and they'd you know, bring a signed jumper and stuff like that, um, which yeah. t- to me sounds like the most terrifying kid's birthday you're ever possibly going to have. <laughs> I mean, I Milne think the and idea Steve Baker showing up. The guy who admitted getting... to sharpening his stops. G'day, kids. How are you? <laughs> Happy fourth yeah. birthday. Get Stephen Milne to your party so he can just niggle your son for yeah, an hour. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just punch like him pinch in the him, arm. stand yeah. on his toes. <laughs> uh, all right, so yeah, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, so, Michael, we have a catchphrase to go out on. I'll do mine first, and then you can think of whatever you want. I say, play on, not fifteen. Uh, free kick, Hawthorne. We are two guys, one car.